Hello everybody, FEL teacher here bringing you Brighton Nil, Fulham 1. The Seagulls' struggles in front of goal at least, despite the having the right process, continues to gain plenty of admiration and we will look at how they continue to adapt with their new number 10 at the helm. At the same time, we look at what Fulham did defensively to yet again adapt to a heavily unfavorable situation to garner a 1-0 victory that was scarcely deserved. Fulham, who probably is the only side that has a more transparent, obvious and well-executed plan A compared to Brighton. Oh, I think Newcastle would be up there too. But at the moment, the focus is on Fulham and really away from home. The key difference between themselves versus their dominating presence at Craven Cottage is their pattern of counter-press. Usually, their midfielders go extremely heavy on their opponent's defensive midfielders, backed up by Joao Palinia and Harrison Reed, who will usually win the ball back. In this particular case, they adapted by dropping deeper, attempting to dispossess Brighton's playmakers instead. Obviously, this approach did not work in the first half. So, Really long story short, it was about adapting their approach to dispossess the right people such as Moises Casado. So by being more aggressive, Fulham regained control. Now, at this stage, it was also significant that Mitrovic didn't start the game. And instead of deploying Carlos Vinicius, they went with Bobby De Cordova Reed, which put Harry Wilson on the right side. This essentially proved how crap Harry Wilson was. So when Vinicius came on, and eventually when Solomon came on, the two linked up for their counter-attacking sucker punch goal. Now, at this stage, really, we have to first and foremost give credit to Fulham's approach of sticking to their guns despite being massively outplayed by Brighton. It helps that their fullbacks continue to venture down the flanks, particularly Anthony Robinson down the left side, who was involved in a couple of counter-attacking chances themselves, but really at this stage, Fulham away from home are significantly more passive and this will allow opponents to generate shots, dominate shots, you know, and get a lot of chances in and it just comes down to who finishes against the relatively informed Burn Leno. So moving forward, if Fulham do have a double game week, their goalkeeper should be number two on your list ahead of Alexandra Mitrovic. But at this stage, assuming Mitrovic is unavailable, Bobby Reed really presents himself as the most advanced position, if not the most involved playing on the right side. Willian will also continue to profit off the left flank of Robinson being extremely aggressive, but Willian, as it stands, presents himself as a more creative player rather than a finisher because even when he scored, I think it was a couple of game weeks ago against Forrest, it was still based off a free kick. And at this stage, when we are trying to account for penalty takers and such, the likes of Andres Pereira and Bobby Reed will present much, much higher value.
Brighton, who have brandished so many different formations that the only consistent thing about Brighton is their philosophy of building up patiently at the back and then hitting teams when it hurts, moving into midfield using their one-touch combination and then moving into attack in midfield and behind their defensive lines using more one-touch combinations. We have seen McAllister now star as the number 10 and this time it was no different but it has to be said that Pascal Gross in central midfield was the platform of it all. In the first half, instead of having the tactical advantage on the right side against Crystal Palace, this time round things were much more direct and much much simpler with Gross basically facilitating these one-touch movements into the midfield third. Now, the sequence really is just centre-back, Gross, McAllister. Very, very simple stuff. If not, it would be centre-back, Gross, and then directly to Evan Ferguson up front. This put a, quite a number of chances on the plate for Evan Ferguson to score, and perhaps it's just down to rustiness coming back from injury relatively soon that didn't allow Evan Ferguson to get on the score sheet straight away. That being said, in the second half, things changed rather drastically in terms of flank play because this was where Mitoma and March continued to shine. Now, Mitoma and March are curious cases simply because, number one, Mitoma hangs near the byline permanently to use his 1v1 dual abilities. Whereas, Solid March on the right side also favours 1v1 duels on the left, given that March is a left footer. So, really it was about when these confrontations occurred and in the first half Mitoma basically found Solimach on the right side using his extremely underrated passing ability but really the second half saw much came to life a lot more simply because Fulham themselves came into the game so Brighton did have moments in transition into counter-attack where March could actually feed the likes of Undaf and Evan Ferguson up front for counter-attacking chances now that being said, a lot of Brighton's good work still came down the left side, particularly when Estupinian moved forward. It was only really when Tarek Lemty came on that Estupinian's potential was significantly scuppered. So at this stage, we at least know that in the opening stages, if you feel that Brighton are going to blow teams away, you invest heavily in their left side. Much, sorry, Mitoma and Estupinian will continue to establish a solid connection, this narrow wide runs in tandem, whereas on the right side, Solimach is a player that will grow into the game, particularly in the opening stages of the second half. Lastly, substitutes such as Undaf and Buonanote, well, they will continue to shine such as Samiento in, in a couple of game weeks ago, and it's just basically a trial by fire of their capabilities as potential starting 11 players. So at this stage, McAllister as the number 10, while being significantly influential previously, this time round really only came to life at the end of the first half, whereas in the second half, he had to play a more reserved role. And really, it's all about the wingers at the moment. In the end, Narratives aside, these two teams alongside Newcastle and Brentford continue to defy the odds, usurping teams such as Liverpool, Chelsea, hijacking their top six spot really deservedly as both teams played out an extremely entertaining match based on rotation-based football at the back. So 
really these two teams in particular result aside have displayed full value for the style of football that they've played executed to relative perfection and we have to give plaudits to that especially in terms of fpl where their assets in some cases continue to be reliable despite formation changes and some assets more than others such as in brighton's case remain flexibly adaptive and we really have to be privy to what they come up against because their nuances define their stars this is fpl teacher bringing you the rest of saturday's reviews pronto